0: And gentlemen welcome to the 50th episode of the finger guns podcast my name is roscoe how you doing thank you for joining us i'm here with the one and only mr greg hicks hello how are you sir
1: yeah you? not too bad outside of work i am spiffing inside of work is another story but we're not going to go into that because we're a video game podcast
0: yay video game the shining
2: light in this time of darkness
0: also here is mr paul collett
2: howdy how are you Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I just realised it's our fiftieth episode. We've done nothing. No big deal. Should have made a big deal out of it. You know. Well,
0: you yeah, know what we do. We're doing it Dave TV channel style because they had 50th, 50th episodes of their shows all the time. But they're like, this is the fiftieth. Hooray! Right, let's move on. Just do a normal I episode. Mean, I mean, the the fact that we're all here is is pretty good. Yeah, uh, that but, is worth celebrating. Yeah, that is something. We are here,
1: but. We're not in the same room, luckily.
0: Uh, no, we're all we are all self-isolating from each other this week. what <laughs> we do it every week.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, geographically, we do anyway. So
0: yeah, yeah. If anyone listens to this and thinks that we are all in the same room together, um, I I take that as a huge compliment because that means the editing must be okay because that's what I go for. <laughs> that's what I try and make it sound like. But no, we are in well four, four cor- very all corners countries. of the country. Yeah, yeah, very different places. And uh, yeah, recording over Skype. But there you go for the fiftieth episode, little insider secret. Enjoy. Me. And finally, joining us is Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Oh, Sean, how are you, mate? I'm good. Good.
3: <laughs> so we we are a, we are a corona family. So it it's going through as you know pretty quickly, and uh, it's my turn today. So mm. if I sound less less than upbeat this week, it's because I feel like ours is but you know. Got to be done. Anyway, let's not say Corona... the C word
0: again. When you, when you said Corona family, it make, makes me think of Vin Diesel. <laughs> You've got to mumble the word family. you got to be like, mm, family. Yeah. Hey, uh, we've all got
3: to pull up pl- pl- a longer junction and just look at each other very tensely for about five minutes. <laughs> and as no. the camera cuts between my eyes. That Charlie, <laughs> that
1: Charlie Puth song. Charlie Ruth? Charlie Puth, what his name is? is when will I see you again?
3: When will I see you again? No, it's not that one, <laughs> is <he? Yeah>, it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you You're killing sure me laugh. off, Greg. <laughs> <It's not> worth... <laughs> can't make sure I laugh, yeah. But yeah, most importantly, um, we're all here and we're safe and happy and I hope you are too listening to this this week. What a crazy time it is right now. In, anyway, let's talk oh. about video games. That's, yeah, oh, stay jinx. inside. Oh, buy me a Coke. No, Fine. you can't. can you? There's no restaurant with bars open. Oh, Exactly. I can probably ah. have one <laughs> Great. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, let's talk video games because that's what we do best. Mr. Paul Collett. In your uh, in your disabled state, what have you been playing this week? If anything, <laughs> to
2: be fair, dude, I'm disabled every week, so um, I've sort of been preparing my entire life for this moment of uh, staying in and cleaning and scrubbing your hands until they're raw. But in between all that, I have well, fortunately, I've been doing some work from home and some freelance work, so not had an awful lot of free time for the video games. But, you know, if you've been listening the last few weeks, I'm continuing my quest on uh, Shenmue, trying to get through those, those two games before I can actually finally get to play the third one. Um, and um, it's a slow, slow going. It's it's I, I just can't describe the Shenmue games. They're just, they're just an enigma, you know. They're just awful, but they just suck you in somehow. And, you know, you think you might be the acting, but it's not because that's even worse than the graphics. And you just don't know what it is. But something about it just sucks you in and you just all play five minutes. But you're there for like a couple of hours. So that's, that's quite, you know, it's quite nice, you know, when you, when you kind of don't really realise you spend so much time playing it. Yeah. Um, and I've also dabbled again into the Anthem, which... <sighs> it's okay, you know. It's kind of like, is what it is. Um, I'm glad I can actually get a game now, so that sort of makes me slightly happy, but it's uh, yeah. it, it's still not great, let's be it's honest. because
0: there's only, there's only 10 people playing.
2: Yeah, but that's fine with me, because I'd rather just smash through the the, uh, the main missions and then level up and then you know maybe try and find a game with somebody but maybe not. Yeah, so that's about it really. Bit 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 limited for me, but um I'm looking forward to actually working from home more so I can actually play more games and not well, while I'm supposed to be like working in commas. So
1: probably shouldn't admit that then should you?
2: Well I, I doubt I doubt in a billion years that whoever I work for and listen to this podcast one thousand percent
3: can't wait for in about two years time when you're like applying for disney and i'm like hey we've got that that Paul call let's listen to a podcast he did
2: pick up several this years movie. ago exactly <laughs> this one
3: just randomly <laughs> stumble over this one.
2: uh oh, he's not committed to his work that's it game over that'd be just my luck to be fair oh, actually i'm gonna redact that entire statement I'm looking forward to working from home and doing my job to the best of my ability. Mm, wow. against... Wait, yes, that's it. You go.
0: Sh- shall I edit that out or should I not? See, that is Ooh. the question. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's re- that is, isn't it? Oh my god! Oh, god. I guess your godlike
2: powers you now have, Ross.
0: I guess you'll find out tomorrow at nine a.m. <laughs> Excellent, Mr. Great kicks. What have you been playing this week, sir?
1: I have been playing a game called Moons of Madness, which is a first-person sci-fi horror game. Which is under embargo, so my review will be out Tuesday. So I finished that the other day. I was going to say something which really ruined the embargo, then, but I'm not going to. So I'm playing that, and I've actually got into a bit of back catalogue. Uh, I'm not under self isolation, and fortunately, I'm an NHS worker, so I still have to go in. But in my downtime, I've Ooh, been. Oh, <laughs> go,
0: Greg, NHS yeah!
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just just a man on a job. In my downtime, I played a little bit of Anthem, which I'm I'm quite enjoying. Like Paul said, I don't find many people on there. I just do the sort of campaign missions, and people jump in as and when which is you know fine helps me out although i did feel kind of bad for the level 30 that jumped in with three level sixes the other day but mate you are just wasting your time been playing i've I got back into the witcher 3 on because on game pass which is nice I play, i'm you know i'm guessing 215 hours wasn't enough the first time around so i'm uh <laughs> playing witcher that again
2: nice. Do mean say meant to say witcher nice see what i've done there we. I, I was genuinely surprised
1: I put 215 hours into it. It was only when the PlayStation did the, the five-year thing, when it tells you what your your top three games were. I thought, I thought Phantom Pain would have been in there, because Phantom Pain was second at 195 hours. And then, yeah, Witcher 3, 215 hours. So, playing that again. I also put in God of War for the first time, since getting my new setup. But I'm not going to, like, wax lyrical about how amazing it looks and go into all the specs and all that. But, yeah, I changed the slider from... Uh, Favour Performance to Favour Resolution. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a moment.
1: I know. I mean, I I put a screenshot up on Twitter earlier on. I don't think that actually does it justice, but yeah. Oh my god. It's just, it's playing, I'm I'm doing New Game Plus. I've got all my stuff from my my clear save that I haven't touched in like a year or so. So it is new ground for me, but I've obviously got a bit of a cutting edge to it. But yeah. Oh my god. And to round off the week, I've just been rinsing the Resident Evil 3 demo.
0: Oh yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? It is a thing that came out on Thursday. I and, didn't remember you talking about it before
1: uh no it's 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 a bit of a new one for me um didn't, all about re- it. Didn't, didn't realize it was coming out um never heard of it before no it's it's really really good and unlike the Resident Evil Two demo that had that strict overall twenty minute time limit this one doesn't it's not a very big section of the game, but it's enough to get you like into the mechanics of it. Uh, to see how much of a prick the nemesis is. And, oh, God, is he a prick? I always thought he was bad the first time around. And everyone, for everyone <laughs> for everyone that was saying Mr. X in the remake was a shit, at least Mr. X didn't go around recruiting people on his side. At least ah. Mr. X couldn't grab you from 10 feet away with a tentacle. And just, uh, at least Mr. X couldn't, you know, if you're running away from him, wouldn't vault past you to cut you off any track.
0: God. It so is genu- ne- nemesis can, can kind of like mass an army against you?
1: I don't know about Massigan army, but when you first meet him in the demo, he's um he, he grabs a zombie by the head and sort of wraps it in vines, um and then it it leaves like a it replaces or sort of grows like a growth on top of the zombie's head with one glowing eye, and that can fire out tentacles that can trip you up as well. So you could be legging it from the That's nemesis, fun. and they get tripped up by a, a infected zombie.
3: Mm. Yeah, is that like a is that like a remake of the original? Because I remember the the nemesis start had that cutscene where you had the nemesis standing in a street grabbing a zombie's head and doing something we never actually saw what. no it did no that was the...
1: that, that was brad vickers oh was it he oh, does okay. that once he he grabs you're outside the rpd and brad comes up to you because you've already met him prior in a bar and then brad comes up to you and the nemesis jumps in front of brad and in his shock uh, he grabs brad by the head and then sort of like punches out the back of his head with a tentacle
3: oh, okay so he's which
1: not... which leads to the fan the fan theory that that's what infected brad and Led him there to being under the stairs in Resident Evil 2 at the start. You know the the bonus thing where you get the key. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's that's all he ever does. You don't see him interact with anyone else. Okay, um, I just
3: I wonder what, like, wondered if it was like a, a nice callback to the original.
1: No, what? no, it's just this new shitty move they've put in to make it even harder for you to try and run away from the nemesis when he can infect other zombies.
3: Have you Ugh. have you at least been given better tools to deal with him? No. Nope. Obviously- Oh okay fair um
1: enough. <laughs> but there is a there is a pretty cool dodge mechanic in there now. Uh, I mean there was there was in Resident Evil 3 originally. It was really hard to pull off. Basically when you're about to get attacked if you press R1 which is you know you, you bring your gun up to aim. Yeah. If you timed it right you'll sort of sidestep. Yeah. But this time that you can do that with the with the aim trick with L2. There was also a dedicated dodge button as well. You time it right, you sort of dive out the way in slow-mo and if you quickly aim you'll get it will will round them a bit like in max pain three when he does his last stand yeah you know when he gets when he's he gets hit with that fatal shot and you've got about i don't know five seconds to kill the person that shot you kind of thing yeah it's a bit like that you've got about three seconds to quickly whip the camera around and fire a few shots off okay so it's quite cool and i've seen people already doing clips of like knife only battles against the nemesis where they're dodging perfectly and stabbing him in the head i'm like how <laughs> i <I'm laughs> panic. If I was recording my first time playing the demo, it was just me and my brother sat there going, run away! (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a bastard of a game when it comes out, but it's still going to be day one for me, fingers crossed, postal service and all that.
0: I'm glad. I watched a stream of it, I think I was the Eurogamer stream, and it's, yeah, it's just mental. The visuals are incredible, though. Macho hypo. Macho terror, but I'm still looking forward to it. Awesome. Mr. Sean Davies, what games have you been playing this week?
3: (laughs) Yeah, so... Last week I said I was playing T.T. Isle of Man Ride on the Edge 2, which I couldn't talk about, but I can talk about now because there's a review up on the website. It's one of the best bike games I've played in a, a very long time. It's it's a really punishing game, and it takes quite a lot of time to get your head around the bike mechanics, which I guess is the same for every bike game that isn't arcade-like. Any, any simulation game that's a bike game is tough, but uh, this one's particularly tough. But it is... And I hate to say it, it's like the Dark Souls of bike racing games. Because when you start to like figure out what you're gonna do, it's really great.
1: I think Ride Three would like a word with you. Ride, Ride. Three was Ride Three was insanely hard. Anyway, sorry. And, uh, uh,
3: I've never, never heard of Ride Three.
1: I reviewed it. Ride Three.
3: Oh, uh, Ride Three. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Oh, I, I, I know my weird southwestern drawl. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, Ride I played, Three. I, I played uh, Ride One and Two. Uh, okay. I think. So, you so. Have some idea then yeah yeah
1: yeah i couldn't do it was nails
3: yeah there's the i don't think that series changes i think you just you know every corner is like okay i'll reset myself back to the corner at least this one's a little bit more lenient so but the thing is there's like it's very realistic so if you are going over like if you're turning a corner and you are going too fast and you're your wheels hit a curb, you will you will flip out. There's no, you know, that is...
1: Yeah, it's, it's a sim, not
0: a...
3: Yeah, yeah, it is, is incredibly realistic. And the, the remake of the Isle of Bound TT mounting course is amazing. And I spent hours comparing the course to what it actually looked like in real life against what was on the screen. And I'll be honest, it looked phenomenal. And to be fair, I shouldn't have really needed to because if I'd have read the, you know, the press release, it was saying that it had been like laser scanned in and then put into the game and it is really really nice looking so i've also been playing something called gigantosaurus the game and i can't talk about that until tuesday but i think that might surprise some people so um if you're looking for something to read on tuesday obviously come to finger guns for a review of uh, moons of madness and gigantosaurus because they should both be up on tuesday Uh, i've also been playing something called it's just a tiny little indie game called uh, doom immortal i don't know if you guys have heard of it
0: Oh, is that, of, is that a new
3: thing? I've heard of um, Doom Eternal. Yeah, yeah, it's a tiny indie game, isn't it? Nobody's heard of it.
0: You said Doom Immortal, that's
3: all. Oh, that's... <laughs> Did I? Oh,
0: there yeah. you go then. Yeah, oh, uh, I, I should don't... let him ride that one out. Oh, do, you want to do that one
3: again. No, no, no do it again. Oh, no, Leave it no, yeah. turn. Leave your turn. This, this is this is <laughs> <laughs> quality content. This is <laughs> this is the Corona Cast, and uh, this is Sean's <laughs> <laughs> delirium-ridden ramblings. Doom's badass man. Doom is is up there with the best games I've played in a long time. Um, th- it's got some really stupid sections, but it's also just so, like they've they've boiled down all the essence of what, it, like, being a badass, blade-wielding shotgun-shooting guy is and just put it into a game and just kept it going. And it's, it's fantastic. I mean, there's quite a lot of parkour in this game. So, like, it does feel like a hell of a lot like Mirror's Edge at times. Um, so there's a lot of like wow that's poles. a comparison i didn't think i'd hear yeah I, I didn't think i'd be saying it either like you, you've got this double jump and you do like multiple dashes in the air initially that's like a way to get between two big gaps and then suddenly you are like double jumping dashing to a pole which will then like fly you up into the air that you'll dash to hit a dash resetter which will give you two more dashes and then you'll slam into a wall which you'll then climb and it's it's just it is it is very mirror's edge at times and that is weird but it does break up the repetition because it does suffer from that kind of um i'm going to walk into a zone and there's like going to be some health pickups in and armor pickups and ammo and you know you're about to have a fight and that happens a lot so you know at one point you take over one of the enemies and you get to play as them and it's kind of like a tutorial so you play halfway through the story. You play as like a tutorial for the multiplayer. You get to play as a demon, and it's fantastic. You get to feel like okay, like I am a badass, but they're just as badass. It's a really cool way of kind of making you feel like okay, you know, no matter how good I am, I've still got that. Like the opposition is just as good, and you feel that all the way through the game. There's one particular section that's just incredible where you you were after this particular character, and they're at this facility. And as you went to the facility, they they're talking about resurrecting an old foe and then basically you you go through this facility while you you see this thing being built and it builds up to like an amazing amount of tension as you go through just like okay there's like a horn thing then they're putting guns on it and then there's like a hover thing and you're like what the hell am i about to fight now and it's like it just builds up for about half an hour before you fight this thing it's just incredible level design and uh, if you're looking for like a very violent first person shooter you cannot go wrong with doom it's one of the like Bethesda just got the first person she's a genre nailed up, you know, between Wolfenstein and Doom. It's done. Everyone else pack it up. No more Call of duties, no more Medal of Honors. You're done. Go home.
2: <laughs> What's a medal of honour? Yeah. Is that still a thing? Or I don't even know.
3: Yeah. Respawn are doing a VR. Oh, are they? Yeah, Medal of Honor VR. Coming to five and stuff next year.
0: Sweet. <laughs> it's called Medal of Honor <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh. I almost believed you.
0: Yeah, it's not. But it's hey, it should be. It totally should be.
3: What have you been playing, Roscoe?
0: Well, I've also been playing uh, Doom Eternal. And it, yeah, it's just like John said, it's fucking rad. Absolutely batshit crazy from the very beginning. And I'm not normally into these, um, like, I wasn't, I like Doom 2016, but it didn't kind of immediately grab me by the balls like Eternal has. Eternal just takes what Doom 2016 did and just ramp it up like 150%. It's absolutely insane. The music, the soundtrack, my God, it's absolutely fantastic. It's going to be one that I pick up for sure. And it just makes the game. Anytime you hear those, like, thundering guitars kicking, you know you're you're about to have a bit of a an ass-whooping. And it's so much fun. It runs beautifully on the on the Pro. HDR really just makes this thing explode. It's one of the best-looking games on the console, I think. And 60 FPS, it just feels and looks fantastic. It is crazy. I'm getting my ass whipped a hundred times over. But the flying ball head things, I can't remember the name of them.
3: Gorgon. No. Yeah, Chakodemons.
0: Yes. But yeah, you throw a frag grenade into their mouth, and then you can rip them to pieces I was, I was stuck in like one room with one of them earlier because my frag grenade kept going over their head instead of into their mouth like over and over again it was driving me crazy i was all i was doing was running in a circle and he was just following me i was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute just waiting for the, that one frag grenade to reload <laughs> <laughs> it just took ages it kind of took some of the uh, suspense and terror out of the situation but it was um yeah it was a lot of fun so yeah must much, much like sean i can highly recommend it
3: Shame you didn't uh, clip that. We could have put some Benny Hill music on it and had a had a riot blast on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd have been fun. Yeah, the Turtle's not scary. Watch this.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is the PG thirteen
0: version. Yeah, still, you're right. Still the, inappropriate. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. the uh, The platforming elements are surprising. You kind of feel a bit like, um, yeah, Mirror's Edge, like just first person, kind of Nathan Drake, really in certain areas. You double jump onto a wall that you climb up in a very kind of Lara Croft kind of way. So there's new kind of, that kind of make it, sprawl it out a little bit more and make it a bit more, um, less of a uh, full-on FPS and just a bit more of a uh, adventure game as well. And so all those elements combined make a really, really fun game. I'm um, not too far into it yet, but having a blast. Uh, I've been playing that other game that came out that day. Uh, what was it called? Animal Crossing New Horizons on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Um did you lose Did I your my what? Your shit? Did you lose your shit?
2: When it arrived, I did, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I thought you'd like you, your name written all over it,
0: not it? Yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing is just one of those games. It could not have come at a better time where, <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm I'm a bit injured right now so I can't really go anywhere anyway, but now I'm being forced to stay inside, it's quite nice to be able to, to play something like Animal Crossing. I've played it for hours. I've already outdone my time on Mario and Sonic Olympic Games, on Legend of Zelda League's Awakening, and I've beaten both of those games twice. Yeah, you know, It's just one of those games where you just sit there and you just play it for hours and hours and hours. It's just a zen experience and these new elements, and Nook Miles, that make you kind of play. It's just like having achievements to go for every single time. As soon as you finish one, another one pops up. So that's this endless gameplay cycle. Uh, racking up nook miles and getting tickets and looking for um, like rocks and things that you need to grind for there's a real grind at the very start of the game it's bloody hard work to be honest as hard as animal crossing can be but um you know there's no rush to do anything which is the beauty of it you know you just do everything in your own time and you want to progress everything is obviously done by the in a very animal crossing kind of way it's done by the real life day night cycle so if they say oh we've got enough things now for the museum fantastic we're going to open it tomorrow i mean they literally mean tomorrow so there's nothing you can do there until you go back to the game tomorrow and then you can actually go into the museum. So there's little things like that and you go, right, okay, well, I've done that, but I can't do that until tomorrow because I need that to do that. And so you kind of plan out your week <laughs> through through Animal Crossing and how it it's just awesome. I'm having such a great time with it and uh, it's very much living up to expectations thus far. And I feel like it's going to be the game I play over and over again. I mean, I was playing it today whilst playing Doom Eternal in a weird kind of way. So I sort of had it to the left of me on the Switch whilst I was playing Doom turnip, and while the, whilst the cutscenes were on, I was selling turnips to uh, to Tom Nook and his uh, his little younglings. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It, it just becomes a second life, man. It's absolutely insane. But yeah, having a great time with it. Having a really, really good time. And uh, if you haven't got it, I mean, if you, if you have a Switch, you need it in your life, especially at the moment. It, it, it will calm you down. It will zen you. There's nothing better right now this weekend than having Doom and Animal Crossing. On your console at the exact same time. Because both of them are perfect for your catharsis in very, very different ways. And I think that having both of them kind of like intertwine, and I'm sure they plan this all along, but it's bizarrely coincidental that they're both out on the same day. You know, they couldn't be any more different, but they're both doing the same job in a way. So that's awesome.
3: Can you, can you explain to me what, what's the aim of Animal Crossing? Well, there isn't one. So when you start, what do they say?
0: Hey, you want to come and live on an island? course you do what's your name how old are you fantastic right name your island brilliant cool here's a tent go and put it anywhere you like great now i want to get some apples because we're going to have a celebration for jumping onto the island and starting to live here oh and you can put the tent out for the other two animals that have come with you as well have you done that brilliant great well go to bed we'll see you tomorrow that was the first hour of the game was okay full-on zen that was and very well described and you know, from there, it's just it's just building up the community. It's like it's it's Stardew Valley, it's SimCity. You know, it's just making things bigger and better. And yeah, that's what it's all about.
3: Okay. And you I've, do it I'm... in a
0: in a really sweet way with lots of lovely animals that want to help you. You know, it's great.
3: I've never quite got the Animal Crossing. I've got like you know Grave Digger and um, you know Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon, but like never quite got Animal Crossing. I've never seen a purpose to it, but I think. If if there is just like zen, Zen-like nothingness, then, you know, we want some apples, you know, to be able to do it in a game when you can't actually go to Tesco. That sounds, you know, pretty, pretty good, to be fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, it takes it back to, you know, primal days where you have to cut down trees and stuff and uh, things if you want your fruits. You have to grow them in the, the ground future. if you want to eat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> next week in Stoke, essentially. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I've been playing Fortnite as well, but who cares about that, So I talk about that all the time. And I've got I've got Saints Row 4 re-elected on Switch to uh, review this week. The game comes out on Thursday, uh, this coming Thursday, so I can't talk about it yet, but there's, yeah, it's Saints Row on the Switch. What do you want, you know? Another crazy kind of batchy experience to add to everything else this weekend.
3: It's a shame they didn't really mix that name up with, like, Switch Row, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know. I know. should have more with it. It's such a random release. I was playing it like, why is this here? <laughs> you know? like, why? What's going on? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Look, look out for my review of Sink 3.4 Re-Elected on the Switch this week on Vigion Guns, along with a bunch of others. Very exciting. Right. Woo! It's now time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts, and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Show Davies!
2: <laughs> okay. One day, wash. You must leave this in.
0: <laughs> okay, I did once, and nobody fucking noticed. Well, that was the point? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. I noticed. Oh, kids. I'm glad you did. Um,
3: I enjoyed it immensely. Okay, it's let's good. do a quiz. I apologize in advance. I wrote this this morning while half asleep in bed, and um, yeah, the questions are actually okay, but uh, there's no theme. It's just gaming general knowledge, and um, let's see how this goes. So, if you've never played this before, I'm going to ask these guys ten questions, and they're going to write down the answers towards the end of the podcast. We're going to get the answers and see how they did and then you can tell us how much you beat them by or if you didn't tell us what your score you got on the social media etc so have you guys got pens pencils notepads google
2: etc <laughs> what well, says google on speed dial one i believe that's such a thing
0: why would, why would i have a google on speed dial well so like easy access to google in it easier than the internet
2: yes. <laughs> and then it comes up do you know what I mean? right
3: <laughs> i love this one. okay question one Sorry, I can't get over Google or speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing up the Googles and get them uh, to give you the answers, yeah? That's fantastic. Anyway, question one Kratos from God of War originally comes from which ancient Greek city? So, question one Kratos from God of War originally comes from which ancient Greek city? Nice little one to start you off.
1: How was that nice?
3: What? I can't remember. Asgard. <laughs> I've actually been playing God of War as well, and I just can't remember. I mean, if only he had, like, a nickname that they'd call him all the time that would oh, give you the answer.
2: Cool. Um...
3: Um... <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so say <laughs> that, that I always start question one is like a gimme. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm question, no. question two in Bioshock, which Hawking character partners with a little sister? Question two in Bioshock, which Hawking character partners with a little sister? Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> just checking that the answer to any of these is not Asgard. Okay, that's good. Um... Okay Question 3 In which Splinter Cell game Does Sam Fisher face off against a group Called The Engineers Which are trying to coerce the United States Into recalling all of its troops Stationed abroad Question 3 In which Splinter Cell game Does Sam Fisher face off against a group called The Engineers Who are trying to coerce The United States into recalling All of its troops stationed abroad I missed that so. Me too.
1: It's Ubisoft teased the other day that Sam Fisher was coming back in it's Ghost Recon again. And it's yeah. like <laughs> Why? No one bought Ghost Recon.
3: Oh poor dead. Have you no sold it?
1: No one that counts bought Ghost Recon.
3: Hey, have you sold it Apple? What? Have you sold have you sold Ghost Recon? Uh, only pens?
2: once. I've still got a second version which I'll probably sell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, question 4
3: What was the high-selling game on the Nintendo GameCube? Was it Mario Kart Double Dash Super Mario Bros. Melee or Legend of Zelda Wind Waker?
0: Oh god, none of these are back are they? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Yeah
3: Question Ooh. 4 What was the high-selling game on the Nintendo GameCube? Was it Mario Kart Double Dash Super Mario Bro uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Quick, someone reboot Sean. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Super- <laughs> Was it Mario Kart Double Dash, Super Smash Bros Melee, or Legend of Zelda Wind Waker?
0: I remember working at GameStation when Legend of Zelda Wind Waker came out yep. and it came with a little disc which had the Ocarina of Time on it and something else. It had... It had Mirror Modes on it, right? It had Ocarina
1: Time, Master Quest, Zora's Mask,
0: and the original two
1: NES games. And there was two versions of Wind Waker. Well, no, there was two versions of that. There was the disc that came with Wind Waker. And then, do you remember we had some of the separate... Like, it was just like Zelda's collection discs and it had
0: like not for resale on it. Yeah, they were like promo discs or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: they were, they were in full like DVD... Well, like normal GameCube-style DVD cases. Um, and we weren't allowed to sell them. God, I wish I'd... Had a few because they go for right. crazy money. Oh, mental. I saw one in I know TX like inflates prices, but I saw one in there like last year for like forty-five quid.
2: Oof. Yeah. Wind Waker's massively underrated as a Zelda game, I think.
1: I didn't like it when it first came out. Um and I played it. Well maybe it didn't like you, so what are you gonna do? I love <laughs> the level of adult conversation we could have in these. <laughs> um I didn't like it when it first came out but if the interrupter would let me finish, I was going to say I've played it since and I actually quite enjoyed it. So stick it up, you fucking oop, yeah?
3: Uh. Okay, question five.
0: <laughs> Which Welcome metal the 50th episode of the <laughs>
3: <Guns> podcast. <laughs> the last episode of... <laughs> <pretty rich>.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, question five. Which metal band mascot is a guest character in Tony Hawk's Skater 4? Question five Which metal band mascot is a guest character in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4? I give up. (laughs) My tongue does not want to play today. I've got major drama. Two seconds. (laughs) Scoiter. He sounds Irish. You little devils! You. <laughs> which skater was in Tony Hawk's? For which metal band? Man, met Scott is a guest character in Tony Hawk's. What is that? Skater what for? <laughs> that's, that's a very drunk Irish person. Um, okay. oh, Irish.
1: Wow, That's Irish trying to do American.
3: Welcome to Burger King. Question six: Which now defunct video game company's franchises included Mortal Kombat, Spy Hunter, and Rampage? Ah, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Question six. Which now defunct video game company's franchises included Mortal Kombat, Spy Hunter and Rampage?
1: I love defunct. It's a good one.
3: (laughs) Yes. Okay, uh, question seven. Which classic Atari game was the first racing game to feature a racetrack based on a real racing circuit and also the first to feature a qualifying lap? Right, question 7. Which classic Atari game was the first racing game to feature a race track based on a real racing circuit and also the first to feature a qualifying lap?
2: Oof. Hmm. Yeah. You sure it's Atari?
3: Um, it was licensed for distribution by Atari for Shizzle.
2: Very, very interesting. Oh, well one of two answers in. Yes. Okay.
3: Question eight. Which Mega Drive game features a main character named Sketch Turner? Question eight. Which Mega Drive game features a main character named
0: Sketch Turner? I was getting worried then for a minute. card <laughs> yes
1: it's a very on the nose name isn't it yes
3: um question nine the video game assassin's creed unity is set primarily in which city during the french revolution
1: <laughs> it narrowed it down there by saying french revolution
3: <laughs> in which city French Revolution.
1: I know, but for anyone who hasn't played it and doesn't know yeah. it's in France,
3: <laughs> yeah. Do you hear the people sing. Got to give some uh, some easy questions. Question nine: The video game Assassin's Creed Unity is set primarily in which city during the French Revolution? <clears throat> and finally, question ten: In which video game series would you encounter the alien races? the Krogan, the Geth, and the Asari, among others. And question 10. In which video game series would you encounter the alien races, the Krogan, the Geth, and the Asari, among others? And that's all 10
0: questions. Oof. That
3: was tricky. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, uh, they were either really hard or really easy. Uh, There was no middle ground this week.
0: (laughs) Right then, let's get into some news. Thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure. (laughs) Let's get into some news. And first up, let's talk about the PlayStation 5, because it had its big reveal this week. No, no, it didn't. Incident. Calm down. They said it was going to be a technical spec presentation, and that's exactly what we got. My God, did we get that. Whew. I'm not going to go into the details because, frankly, it's really, really boring. So, instead, I'm going to try and dilute the highlights down. Um, Primarily, Mark Cerny and his wonderful voice. Oh, man. It was a very boring presentation, but I could have listened to him do it for hours. It was wonderful. Primarily, the main thing that you need to worry about is, no, there's not as many teraflops as the Xbox Series X, but who cares? Because there's no loading times, according to Mark Cerny, this giant ssd which is going to be stuffed inside every single ps5 there was such a deep dive that i there's a lot of words that i'm reading right now that i'm trying to kind of put together but i actually can't because i just have no idea what they mean i'm gonna see there's an amd radeon rdna2 Bass's graphics engine ray tracing acceleration a 825 gigabyte solid state drive which means all of your things will load super super quickly apparently i want to see in action first please PS5 game disc will be Ultra HD Blu-rays. You can also play Ultra HD Blu-rays on your system. Well done, Sony. Welcome to 2017 when your Xbox One S could do that. And apparently there's support for 8K. I mean, that's as much as is interesting to really share with you. The big thing that came out of it was the backwards compatibility, because there's been a lot of rumours going around regarding what the PS5 is going to be able to do with backwards compatibility. And it's kind of interesting. So far, they've said at least out of the event that they've tested the top 100 games on PS4. Assumably, that means the top most popular or the best-selling games on PS4 all run on PS5. But of course, you know, it's a seven-year cycle so far for the PS4, so a lot of us have libraries that are much bigger than that. And so what they've done, they've clarified it. Uh, They clarified this on the 20th of March by saying that they want to assure customers that the overwhelming majority of PS4 titles will be playable on the PS5. Um, I'm reading from Eurogamer from Mr. Matt Wales. Running PS4 and PlayStation 4 Pro titles at boosted frequencies has added complexity. The boost is truly massive this time around, and some game code can't handle it. So there's every chance that some games may not be able to be playable on PS5, but there was a very interesting image just before this. I will open up to the group in a second, I promise I just want to get all the information out first. They showed a backwards compatibility list of the PS4 Pro, the PS4, and then left a very tantalizing gap underneath, but they're not saying what goes in that gap just yet. So, I'm going to turn this over to Mr. Sean Davies because I know he watched it along with me and was equally, equally amazed and bored and surprised at the same time. Sean, could you condense what you thought of the event and what you think of Sony's plans for the PS5 going forward from what you could garner from the technical presentation that they did?
3: So, I understood about every fifth word that Mark Sony said um, (laughs) and it, it all sounded very impressive and I'll be honest, when when I first listened to the whole thing, it sounded underwhelming compared to what Microsoft had put out in their website the day before. Um, less teraflops. Their hard drive sounded fantastic, but then some of the things that he said was interesting because he was on about the way that games design can change and how people will stop have to, having to hide load screens behind things. The, the subway in Spider-Man, and we've had this conversation previously, when months and months ago, when I was saying about, you know, No Man's Sky, and when you you leave a planet and you've got that moment of where you, you're basically loading the universe between the planet, and then fast travel, it feels like you're traveling for ages, but actually that's just a loading screen. So it's it's an interesting development that Sony have gone for the hard drive route, and since since then. So obviously the internet went apeshit. This isn't the presentation they wanted. Um it feels like a bit of a gamble for for, for PlayStation to do this. It's probably mistimed. They probably should have done a public facing thing first, but they didn't. So this is what we've got. And it was boring to a lot of people, and that's that's fine. But what the details that were in there did did initially sound underwhelming, but then having seen since then developers come out and say, Actually, it's not necessarily the hard drive, it's the IO, which is going to make the massive difference. And it's going to be rather interesting to see what actual difference between there is between the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Because from conversations I've now had, I don't think there's going to be much of a difference because of the way that the power is used. So the way i've it's been described to me is the fact that the Xbox Series X will be able to brute force things that so if you have a problem, you'll be able to use that bit of extra power to brute force it, whereas Sony's won't need it because you've got the channel options from the hard drive, and you can actually pick the data that you want quicker, so you can you don't have to have the brute force option, so it'll be interesting to see you know when it comes down to it, what the quality of games will be like. On both consoles, but one of the one of the things I I have seen today was the fact that Sony's super fast hard drive is um, is not going to be best utilised for multi-platform games because they, they those developers will develop for the lowest common denominator, which will be the Xbox Series X, and the same can be said about the graphical capabilities. So you'll have the Xbox Series X games not being able to use the full you know quadruple power of the whatever the hell it is inside that box, because they'll be developing alongside the PS5. So despite these machines having slightly different architecture, the only games that'll be able to really take most advantage out of them are those that are developed specifically for them, which is a pretty big difference between current gen. So it's exciting. You know, there's th- that hard drive could basically revolutionize games on its own. It's got a lot of power behind it. It is, you know, the, the, the console itself is... A massive jump over the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. I don't know if the traditional I've got more teraflops marketing uh, will will take the wind out of Sony's sales, but we shall see. It was a very good presentation if you were into that kind of thing. And I'll tell you, Mark Cerny is the guy to do these presentations. He's such a charismatic talker, and he's t- the 3D audio was like fascinating. He was talking about his this, the Cerny ear.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah! You can you can send a picture of your ear to PlayStation. And they will mould the sound to fit your ear. That's what it's, he said.
3: It's incredible. <laughs> he has been inundated with with pictures of ears. Yeah. One guy claims he's cut off his own ears and sent them. He says, "Will they still? Will it still work?" But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, everything in that console it, it sounds it sounds groundbreaking. And there are yet more things to be announced, as you alluded to. There was a a bit of space on the backwards compatibility slide that would be ideal for a couple of other entries to be added.
0: Yeah, what do you think it's going to be? What do you think they're going to miss out? Do you think it will be 1, 2, and 3?
3: I think it's going to be Wonderbook and the ps
0: Oh,
3: yes! <laughs> yes, finally! <laughs> I, I Honestly, I don't know how far they're going to go back. Mm. You know, Jim, Jim Ryan's not a big fan of old games, and I think the PS3's, like... If you can get the PS3, and the, the architecture of the PS3 was so weird that you'd have to have a lot of power to be able to emulate it, then, yeah, if they can get the PS3, that would be fantastic, because I think everybody's kind of, like, fed up of remasters now, especially as we we would be moving into a space where we'd have remasters of remasters. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay, everyone <laughs> book, Greg is fed up of remasters.
0: <laughs> um, Remakes and remasters of different things. That's true. Yeah, true. but I'm a sucker for both. Sure.
3: Greg loves a double dip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, anyway, dear.
3: but yeah, it's. I think if they can get the PS3, that would be the best. Uh, PS2 would be fantastic, and PS1, like if they can, that would be fantastic as well, but I think it, the more I think about it, the more I think they should probably try to get the PS Vita and the the PS3 is like there. If they can get PS Vita games on there too, that'd be fantastic. Because mm-hmm. there's so many hidden gems on that console, and nobody nobody I know has played Killzone Mercenaries. When actually, you should all be playing Killzone Mercenaries because it was the best in the series on the Vita. Yeah,
1: yeah. is that, that the first person cool. one? Yeah, uh, uh, I enjoyed yeah, that. I quite enjoyed that
3: there we go this this is why everyone should listen to this code this podcast because it's full of people who've played kill zone oh. yep i haven't I'm... played it
0: i'm just mm. agreeing <laughs> yeah, yes I'm,
3: I'm gonna mail you my switch no my my, my veto with, oh, with okay. it in. don't do
0: that mate i've got a switch you're fine <laughs> okay paul tell me all this information Hi. how does it sit with you and is backwards compatibility is that is that important to you
2: I was thinking about this just the other day. I mean, I don't understand any of what that presentation said. It was all numbers and names and teraflops and bump and map shade. I don't know if it was. The, the, the steady state drive is really interesting. And I'm saying I, I think I'd rather have a steady state drive with next to no loading times than an uh, extra cut of teraflops to make a leaf a little bit more kind of leafy. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think having... Super, like super fast loading will actually change games look they're played and how they're played compared to having a prettier game so you know keep your teraflops i'd rather have the the steady solid state was it steady steady state solid state whatever it is uh, the ssd drive now it's bit this is an interesting one because if you know me i love a bit of retro gaming because i'm old and stuff but um i was thinking i was thinking the other day i think i said this to a podcast uh, a year ago, whenever it was, ages ago, that I think we were talking about the PlayStation Mini and why nobody was going to buy it. And the reason for that is PlayStation Mini, you have games which have been surpassed uh, and it's you, literally just playing a bad version of a better game you can play now. So, for example, you know, let's take Tomb Raider, for example. That was, at the time, it was absolutely, you know, groundbreaking. you play it now and it, it, it could be be like, terrible, especially when you've got, like, the new Tomb to Raider remakes, which, you know, are really good games. So, I mean, to have to sacrifice something on the PS5 just to sort in PlayStation 1, 2, and 3, I don't think, I don't think I'm that bothered by it because, I mean, I played a few PlayStation 3 games uh, on PlayStation Now recently, and, and I thought these are games I really loved when I was playing on PlayStation 3. I don't. They're just not that good games. They're just, you know, compared to the, the, the evolution the games have taken from generation to generation, going back... It just feels like you're playing a bad version of a better game you can play now. So, and that doesn't always work. Obviously, you know, going back to when you talk about going back and you can play the snares, I mean, there's no games like side scoring beaten ups anymore. There's no kind of 2D platforms anymore. So it's a bit of a different story. But when you try and go back to 3D gaming, they it, it just don't play as well. And, you know, rose tinted glasses aside, I just don't think there's much need. So, sac- if anything, has to be sacrificed just to make all these games backwards compatible. I can understand why it, people w- will want it. I mean, when Microsoft done all their backwards compatibility, thing, think it's great. The first thing I've done is buy all the Splinter Cell games. And even then, I've blowed those up, and I thought, yeah, they look that good, are they? You know, compared to games you play now. So, it'd be interesting to see what they do. And if it's there, then great. You know, I'm not going to, like, oh, well, get young about it. It's just, it, it's, I'd rather then focus more on stuff going forward rather than looking backwards, if that makes sense.
0: No, no, that's a that's completely fair um, and valid point. Thanks. Um, I that think happened time. Yeah, every now and then. Every now every and then. then again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting to look back sometimes and go, oh, yeah, we've moved on from this now, haven't we? Yeah, I yeah, mean,
2: that's... Shenmue is a prime yes. example. Yes. I mean, I just, I just the
0: ultimate example.
2: Exactly, I mean, I remember playing on the Dreamcast, I thought this game was the best thing I've ever played in the entire life. It was just like, amazing. You know, and you play it today, you think, "Oh my god, this is awful!" But obviously, there's there's a there's a hint of uh, I don't know roasting glasses in that game because it is awful to play. But you know, you just want to sort of play it just because it's it's a weird sensation. And I think Shenmue is special in that way. I don't think you know playing a Call of Duty from the PlayStation 2 or whatever it's called back then compared to Call of Duty now. Why would you do that? It's just a bad version of a better game. So, yeah, it's a strange one.
0: Greg, what's your take on all of this? What's your feeling towards backwards compatibility? I think it's a great idea. Uh,
1: I think it's... I've always said before that um, the lack of backwards compatibility is probably what puts people off buying a new console straight away because people are going to go, well, I've got 10 games on my PlayStation 4. What's the point in spunking out 500 quid for a PS5 and one game? Having the ability to play your back catalog on a new console is going to make people just see it as an upgrade well that that's the optimistic view of it so i i think it's a good thing um and if it does let you play older titles as well then yeah all for it i think it's going to help people sort of bolster their like not have to get rid of their old uh, games as well as their consoles and not make that choice of going well i can keep what i've got or i can upgrade and get rid of everything for less than a fraction of what i paid for it i think it's a really good incentive to keep to get people to keep their catalogue, to just upgrade to a new console, if, just, if that allows.
2: Just, sorry, just to interrupt. Um, when I say there's no need for backwards compatibility, I was talking about PlayStation 1, 2, and 3. PlayStation 4 was probably essential, considering the amount of games that are available for it and the amount of money we've invested in it. Uh, but... No, I'm 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 with that on everything, because I've still got PS1,
1: PS2, and PS3 games. Now, I can play my PS3 and PS1 games on my PS3, as well as the stuff I've got in the digital store there. But I haven't got the PS3 that plays PS2 games. So I've got no means of playing PS2 games at the moment. And yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of indulgence for, you know, less than 10% of people, but it'd be nice to have that availability there. Like I've got some old games that I'd love to dig up again, like the Bouncer and other games that aren't available on the PS4 storefront. So having that option would be nice. But that's more of an indulgence, like having PS1, 2, and 3 on there. Obviously, yeah, PS4 is the closest thing we're going to have at the moment. And some people have got many games that they're not going to want to shift over but going going further back consoles Then if you can and it's not going to cost you any more then why not you know there's been times when i've been in like in a cex or a retro shop and gone oh man i'd love to play that again but i can't and i mean yeah i've 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 really got like a handful of ps2 games or i've got ps1 games that i've got like a nice collection of again that are, are, are dear to me but It'd be nice just to not have to wire up an old console on a new TV, which is a possible thing to do sometimes, or, you know, try and find a CRT TV somewhere. So if the option's there and it's not going to cost me any more to, well, it sounds like an oxymoron, but to upgrade to play old stuff, then, yeah, why not? If they can put it in at no extra cost and go, oh, yeah, you can now go through the generations of Sony games, then, yeah, all for it. That's a great idea. And it'd probably stop me buying Remastered as well. (laughs) Will it, though? Well, it's like it's like I, I know I've, I I do always bang on about the Metal Gear Solid series, but um, today Metal Gear Solid Four has not been available on anything other than the PS3. And yeah, I could play it on my PS3 now, but I think my PS3 is kind of on its way out. And every time I try loading up a very intensive game, it it sort of chunders a bit and sometimes crashes. If I can whack that on a new console, fine. And Metal Gear Solid Four has got heinous loading times. I'm not saying they'll be completely abolished on a new console, but in it, it originally, you, you you can now install it per chapter as you go. Or no, I think that was the original thing. You could only install it per chapter, but I think now you can do like a, a base hard drive install. It still takes forever to load. So it'd be nice to play that again and not have to sit through um hours of loading, just hours of cutscenes instead. Yeah. I
0: presume
3: the <laughs> eight hours of cutscenes in oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nano machines, nano machines. Nano
0: machines, nano machines <laughs>
3: uh, I
0: presume the, the solid state drive will abolish loading times for back compact games as well then. Right. You'd imagine so. I mean,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. I can't make that assumption, but I hope so.
0: Interesting. That mm, be fun.
1: interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for it. at No extra expense. You know, if it's not gonna fuck up my ability to play it or whatever, then yeah.
0: Well, that's fair. I mean, it's I'm sort of with you on it. I think that it would be really really cool. I've got a a vast library of, on on PS4, and it would be nice to take the majority of them over. You know, it's a financial thing as well. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being able to you know sell off my pro to fund this thing in a way to send fun part of it anyway that would yeah, be exactly. nice yeah no, I
1: mean, it'd be nice to, there's no point in me sitting on a ps4 if it can if my ps5 can do everything it can
0: yeah yeah if i can literally just take my library over then you know it's it, it's a no brainer really yeah but um i don't think that's going to be the case at least at first No. it's going to be selective games which you know xbox have done to a degree of success over the years and yeah. you know xbox compatibility is Brilliant, really. They've they've they figured out a way to do it halfway through the life cycle and they're going to continue it on throughout. You know, oh this oh this console can play original Xbox games. Oh, who knew? All right, let's let that happen, and you know, that that's a cool thing. Whereas you know, Sony were like, well, if you want to play them, either buy them again on the on PSN or sign up for PlayStation Now.
1: Yeah, there's there's been a few times when I've seen games on the PS2 on sorry PS2 games on the PS4 store that I've been like, oh, I could play that, but I don't want to spend a fiver on like. Max Payne Two, The Warriors. When I've already got them, or if I haven't got them, um, yeah, my brother's got his collection of PS2 and original Xbox games up in the the garage loft, and I could dig them out again. It's a ball ache, but it's like, well, what's the point in buying something like the original of that? You know, remastered is one thing, but like, what's the point in buying a PS2 game on the PS4 when I've got the PS2 version to hand? It would would seem like.
0: They have a team at PlayStation that are ju- that's just literally trying every game on PS4, like ticking them off one by one. You know, and I guess over time they'll allow them to be downloaded or stuck through the console. Mm. Um, I mean, the PS4 library is massive, isn't it? What four thousand, I think it was the last time. Is it? Yep. Wow. I mean,
1: as as Sean, he's probably played all the uh, five panel less ones.
0: Yeah, Yeah. four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that's mad. You know, I don't have all of them. Obviously, I'd only want. Well, I want my entire library. It would be nice, but you know, you really only will play a handful of them if you move into a new console. But it's a weird thing, isn't it? I didn't play any, hardly any PS2 games, hardly any PS3 games. So it would be nice to play them again, I guess. Okay, let's move on. So there's other big news in regards to the Final Fantasy VII remake, and it looks like because of the current world situation, that some physical copies will likely be delayed in certain countries. Written by the awesome Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. Final Fantasy VII Remake maker Square Enix has warned that physical copies of the game will likely be delayed in some places by the coronavirus crisis. In a message to fans posted last night on the game's Twitter, Square Enix said that while the game itself would not be delayed from its 10th of April worldwide release date, the distribution of boxed copies would likely be impacted. Quote, The worldwide release of Final Fantasy VII Remake on 10th of April will go ahead, Square Enix wrote. However, with the unforeseeable changes in the distribution and retail landscape which varies across countries, it is increasingly likely that some of you will not get hold of your copy of the game on the release date. We are monitoring the situation on a daily basis and working with our partners, retailers, and Square Enix teams across Europe and the Americas to do everything we can to ensure as many viewers as possible can play the game on the 10th of April. So, essentially what that means is the digital version, if you've got that pre-ordered, you're fine, you're good to go. On April 10th, it's fine. They haven't uh, specified which countries this may impact, but, you know, I guess we'll find out a little nearer the time if that is the case. Now, this obviously sucks for a lot of uh, people that buy physical copies of games. I'm going to go to Greg on this one. Do you Are you worried about this? Do you think it might given the current world situation it might impact future games going forward for the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit panicking because you can put Resident Evil 3 in the same boat that obviously it comes out a week prior but we're still in this pandemic situation uh i i don't know as we we spoke the other week didn't we about things like e3 and will they move to streaming and presentations and will they scrap the whole live format thing is this going to be what kills digital uh, like physical copies are they going to go oh well production costs over this this situation what if we get put in a situation again let's just scrap boxes so i wonder if that's going to have a knock-on effect from that i mean it, it worries me because i like collecting physical copies of games and then I know some people don't, and to them it's just it's a it's a relic of a bygone era. So to them it's just like, well, why don't you just buy digital? But then I like I like having it, something that I've spent money on, and it's there physically in front of me. But on the grand scheme of things, there's so many factors to take in with what this COVID pandemic has sort of shut down. Is it going to have a knock-on effect on the production line of things? So they say, well, let's not like we're going to have a backlog of games to produce, or do we just scrap them? Obviously, it's going to have an effect on postal services and the meeting of demands. Is it going to put a delay on? when you order a physical copy that they're going to go well it may get to your release date now i mean that's not down to the publisher that's just down to the suppliers and the postal services they use it does raise a few questions and i can't really think of a clear answer i think it's going to have a i think that the the biggest one would be the would be the decision to continue making physical games in this kind of climate i think that would they have to look at like well pre-orders versus cancellations of pre-orders now in the wake of this digital pre-sales and Way up, whether it's worth continuing to do so or not. But then it's not just the single, like the single disc versions, is it? It's things like Collects editions, and people like, yeah, honey. yeah, yeah. And you know, people buy like the Kai Play Arts figures and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, look at look at the Final Fantasy one. Look at the Resident Evil Three Collect Edition that's coming out. Look at the Cyberpunk one in September. You know, there's obviously a market for it because those things sell out. They may not be mass production, but. Uh, like Cuphead, there was like a big collection edition of that, or am I thinking of the soundtrack? i might be the soundtrack. But that was a big fold-out, four-record jobby. You know, there is a market for it. It's just yeah. whether whether they're going to assess it and go, is it a viable market to continue producing physical copies if people are going to be in doubt as to whether they're going to order them or not? But, I mean, the optimist in me says this whole pandemic is going to pass, you know, people are going to, your common sense will prevail, things go back to normal, and it won't affect much in the long run. So, it's a hard one to call. Yeah, if, so if, it's, this, it is. if this kind of thing hadn't happened and Squeenix were just like, oh, we're having distribution issues, then you could put it down to one thing. But because this is a, a pandemic affecting many ways of life at the moment and businesses and stuff like that, then it's it's hard to pinpoint what, what to really sort of narrow it down to.
0: Yeah, it is pretty. And where do you normally get your physical copies from? Shop 2.
1: Uh, I have dabbled with Amazon occasionally. Game on the off chance.
0: Or I will buy them in
1: store. I I don't. I'm not going to go out and say support your local retailers because. But then I, I don't really see much of a price disparity in ordering online half the time anyway. I mean, on the rare occasion, like I pre-ordered Resident Evil Three on Shop Two because it was like thirty-nine pound and I had a little item points, so I have like thirty-seven, which is pretty good for a, a new release game. But I don't know what its RRP is going to be because it's a remake. But I'm assuming it's going to be like forty-nine everywhere else.
0: Yeah, I mean it's forty-nine on PSN. So
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, it could mean what, it's be forty-five a retail. Is, this is another thing. Everyone always goes like, "Oh, get digital," but then I, I often see physical copies did, uh, cheaper than digital.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's that as well.
1: There is like the whole world. You know, why does physical, uh, why does digital have to be so much? If they want people to buy digital, then they would slash prices or offer you a discount. Anyway, that's another. That's another thing. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's hard to call because we're in a very weird time at the moment. I didn't think in 2020 we'd be saying we're sat here during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, that is there is that as well. So it's it's like many
1: things; it's all up in the air at the moment. I don't know what effect it'll have.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, GameStop in the US is uh, going to close finally. Yeah, so HMV a lot of people's for now. Yeah, a lot of people's collector's editions and pre-orders. I think they said something they were going to do a curb stop thing. So on release day, like you could go to GameStop and they will just be outside with your things. So you're going to have a mass people, a mass amount of people queuing outside GameStop then. It would seem that way.
1: <sighs>
0: because people don't learn or don't no, they listen. F- no. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, game are still open, as far as we know. No, yeah. And uh, who knows? I mean, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Sean, have you got a take on this one? Yeah, they've just they announced that they're
3: closing McDonald's tomorrow. So, or today. What? McDonald's? McDonald's all over the country is shutting down. So no, no, your video god. games, god damn, where are my nuggets?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no spicy nugs in video games.
3: God damn. Is that, is that, is that real? Are they really, that, are they really that's, doing that's real. that? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I, I think... I, I I think they'll probably stagger the release for Final Fantasy. I think they'll probably do Asia first, then Europe second, and then America last. It just means that you're not having to have all of the manufacturing done at the same time. And I think that might become, I don't think they're ever going to get away with from physical uh, releases, but I think they're going to have to go back to the way it used to be, where you'd get three different release dates. Because, you know, a factory can only make so much if it's hampered by. You know, people self-isolating, people are sick. um, And, you know, capitalism run rife. They're not going to shut the factory if, you know, the amount of money that's involved in this game. So, you know, it makes sense to kind of stagger it. I imagine that's what we'll do with, with a couple of games this year. Or they might just go digital only, which would be a massive shame because those people who like their statues and their, you know, collector's editions and even having a box... That would be a shame. I, I don't care because I'm digital only because I'm too too lazy to even get up off my arse to go and change a disc that's in the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, so... that, does,
1: that does get annoying. I'll, I'll grant you that there is a bit like I want to play a game now. <sighs> <laughs> also, <laughs> oh I my just, god! <laughs> uh, there is that annoying thing sometimes of just being like, oh, I'm just, I'm sat here like in a in a jaffa cake and coffee coma. <laughs> 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 so yes, there is that. Yeah. Also, I just read the thing from McDonald's, and oh my god, I don't even go to McDonald's that often. But this is this truly is the darkest of times.
0: Is um is the parking closed?
1: Oh yeah, pubs have been all done, haven't they?
0: This is our my and oh own wait, hang on, but breakers. mate, mate, he said he,
1: Tim, what's his face said he's going to keep Wetherspoons open, didn't he?
0: But he can't, can he?
1: No, so, I he think goes... I think this is before because well, no, I've never seen anyone catch it in Wetherspoons, which is dumb. But I think now this whole ban's come into effect. I think they've had to. I haven't been through town at all, so okay yeah it's just, it's just weird it's just weird seeing a statement from mcdonald's seven o'clock tomorrow all the restaurants are going to close
0: oh man you can't even go for a breakfast you can tomorrow oh you can oh 7 yeah, that, p.m
1: sorry 7 p.m tomorrow
0: yeah yeah i bet oh, they,
1: that's going to be one of their highest profiting days
0: yeah <laughs> is that worldwide or just the uh,
1: uh this is mcdonald's uk's twitter uh,
0: instagram interesting Breaking news! Whilst we're recording, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, right, this is obviously a real,
1: a real big deal. I don't even eat McDonald's of that often, but it's that thing, go. and now it's now it's going. I kind of want some.
3: Can you <laughs> can you freeze a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, it's just googling. Uh,
0: <laughs> Probably, I'm sure it's, it's going to be. Sean, like... you
3: make me sick. Sorry, buddy. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh man, I haven't even had a grand Big Mac yet. Oh, uh, don't bring I haven't it back. Tried, I haven't tried the Big Mac sauce. Oh man, never mind. Anyway, Tangent. Or not. Crazy times. Paul, what do you make of uh, this possible uh, pandemic delaying physical copies of games? Because you're a physical buyer as well, aren't you?
2: I am a physical buyer. You know, everything's going to get affected by this this pandemic. Everything. I mean, just heard McDonald's closing. All pubs are closed. Restaurants are closed. You know, only people who can, you know, emergency services can go to work technically so I know know we love video games but we wouldn't put them into the emergency services bracket not just yet anyway so there's going to be delays whether that's going to uh, have a knock-on effect whereas in like they might discover hey wow man having no physical copies saves a bunch of money so let's not do it anymore I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, at the same time, where I live, uh, there's there's very uh, few places to go and get physical games from. So I I don't generally buy that many games anymore. So I probably won't really miss them, if that makes sense. I mean, if i give given the choice, I'd rather buy a physical. But then, you know, I don't know. It's what it is, isn't it, really? There's not really much you can do or say. It's just a really shitty situation that sucks Mm for everyone, really.
0: So our, our developers... Are they working from home right now? Well, I would
2: assume so. Especially in London. I don't know if it's the same elsewhere, but in London, we've been told to Only pay people in emergency services, that includes uh, nurses, fire, police, shop assistants, carers, that kind of thing. Yeah. They're allowed to go to work. Anyone who can work from home has to work from home. It's not like a, a recommendation. It's like they have to work from home. I am, Funny enough, I'm actually still going to work because for some reason, my boss is. unless you're feeding shit, you've got to come to work. So do what I'm told. Um, but yeah, that's the situation in London. I don't, I'm not quite sure if that's nationwide as, as much, because in London last week something happened and it started spreading crazy because obviously you've got the underground and the, and, and the shit. So yeah, so I mean, if people who are working in London are programmers and game developers and whatnot, they will most probably be working from home right now.
0: Crazy times, man. It is, man. Oh, uh, Naughty Dog. Please look after yourselves. Yes. God, The Last of Us is so close. <laughs> So it's
2: uh, implicate replicate, uh, replicating out. Uh, what's, what's that saying? imitating
0: out. Oh, yeah, yeah. If the Last of Us Two gets delayed because of a virus outbreak, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, the irony, though. Oh <laughs> God, we're so pissed. Yes, yes. It's the best for everyone involved and the developers keeping them safe. But come on, yeah, seriously,
1: it's, it's fine until it affects the things that affect me.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> First, they came for Mario, and no one cared. <laughs> then they. <laughs>
1: oh dear.
0: Uh, right, um, there's no Indie Corner this week, so I'm going to go through the Nintendo Indie World presentation, which we saw this week. I'm just going to pick out a couple of ones that I thought looked pretty cool, and uh, if anyone else has ones, games that they saw, they want to talk about, then, uh, then please do. The first one I really sort of caught my eye was a game called I Am Dead, which is a charming puzzle game coming to Nintendo Switch in uh, 2020. It's a puzzle game from the developers of Hohokum, uh, which is a great game if you haven't played it. As a recently deceased resident of Shelmerston Island, you need to use X-ray vision and other abilities to unravel the island's secrets and ultimately save it from a volcanic eruption. So you're essentially just uh, saving the afterlife. And that's a timed console exclusive later this year. It looks really cool. Uh, do check out the trailer. I'll post a link in the description as well for that one. There's a beautiful game called Summer in Mara which was like a farming adventure game. Yeah. Know, Stardew, uh, Stardew Animal Crossing sort of thing with a bit of a Skyward Sword thrown in. It looks it's really
3: nice. Life. I kickstarted this game. Um, ah,
0: nice! So Disclaimer. Sh-
3: yeah, so I should be getting a Switch and a PS4 version, which will be cool.
0: Fantastic!
3: Yeah, I and really I looked- you- that. Go yeah, on. it's just a couple of months away. They have been working really hard on that game. They update's are great as well. So they they send all of the art through and get like votes on stuff. It's absolutely fantastic looking game. So yeah, forget your uh, Animal Crossing, get Summer and yeah. Mara.
0: Easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that looks really cool. Uh, there's a game called Quantum League, uh, which is a unique time paradox shooter that's coming to Switch in late 2020. In each round of a one v two or two v two match, you're joined by clones of yourself that mimic your previous movements, opening up some mind bending strategic possibilities. All I could think of when I was watching this was, I mean, I'm not going to be very good at this at the start, and my my clones are going to be running into walls. They're going to be falling over things. It's it's going to be it's going to be a bad time but it looks really fun so i'm looking forward to that the good life looks really cool uh, from the guys that uh, from the director of deadly premonition of all things it described as a debt repayment rpg similar to animal crossing the game casts you in the role of a journalist who is investigating a bizarre town of rainy woods whose inhabitants can turn into dogs and cats on nights when the moon is full it's a game where you can turn into a dog or a cat i mean give it to me um i think the biggest announcement was the last campfire which is from hello games who you may know made that game what was it called something no man no man something no man's sky it looks like a properly stripped back indie game the kind of game that they would make you'd normally see a developer make before no man's sky but i think no man's sky had such a fucking toll on this team that they gone you know what i'm gonna make a little indie and you can all shut up about it and that's exactly what they've done it looks beautiful can't wait to play it i'll stick the link in the description and there was elder souls which looks like blasphemous to me but a bit of a kind of a nicer version It's a pixel art boss rush RPG. Maybe similar to Cuphead, I suppose. uh, Described as a brutal boss rush battler. Maybe maybe this is a great game, actually. Elder Souls is a beautiful pixel art action RPG in which you must take down ancient gods. The game is coming to Switch this summer as a timed console exclusive. So you will get to play it, Greg. Don't worry. You will get to play it eventually. Fine. I'll wait. (laughs) Not this summer. And their one last thing was Exit the Gungeon. And from Games, obviously, the follow-up to Enter the Gungeon. I have never played End of the Gungeon. No, me one? neither. Tell me about it. It was
1: even at res last year. this time last year we went and there was a big giant bullet walking around and we still didn't play it.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> good. Okay, cool. That's all I need to know. <laughs> cool. Well, that is available now on the Switch. They dropped it day and date. we so were like, it's available now. So, cool. You want to play that? That's great. And then they did a, a little sizzle reel. Uh, that Blair Witch game is coming to Switch in the summer. Ghost of a Tail is coming in spring. Super liminal, which looks awesome. Is coming to summer twenty twenty. It's that very strange um, perspective? Oh, it
1: game. looks like a cross between Portal and Danny Parable and all kinds of weird malarkies, did not it?
0: That's the one. Looks really yeah. cool. Um, Bounty Battle, which has a little write up about that game on the website. If you go and check it out now, fingerguns.net. It's a indie brawler which has characters from Guacamelee and Axiom Verge and Iter. The E I T R, the game that Sean loved back in the day. Yeah, it's kind of a. It's a very indie version of. Uh, Of Smash Brothers essentially it looks like even more indie than Brawlhalla yeah yeah, they've really gone down the rabbit hole on this one but it looks really cool and then there was moving out as well that's coming from Team 17 next month and that looks really fun I'm looking forward to playing that so lots of cool indie stuff coming your way not a lot of this is exclusive to Switch obviously so if you don't have a Switch don't worry a lot of it's coming out on your consoles as well no dates but it's coming right then let's go and check out the quiz answers with Sir Sean Davies okay
3: let's do this so question one was kratos from god of war originally comes from which ancient greek city greg did you get it sparta sparta is correct kratos the ghost of sparta Um, question two in bioshock which hulking character partners with a little sister Paul? Was it a Big Daddy? Big Daddy is correct. Question three. In which Splinter Cell game does Sam Fisher face off against a group called the Engineers who are trying to coerce the United States into recalling all of its troops <laughs>
2: stationed abroad? Roscoe? No idea. Uh, hey,
0: Greg? don't laugh. I haven't played it.
2: Shut yeah. up. No, sorry, it's the, 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 the flippant way you said it. No, no idea. <laughs> I'm not going to try. I I don't know. At
1: least didn't cheat this time.
3: Um, blacklist.
2: Blacklist is correct.
3: <laughs> question four what what was the high selling game on the Nintendo Gamecube was it Mario Kart Double Dash Super Smash Bros Melee or Legend of Zelda Wind Waker uh, Paul was it Smash Bros it was Super Smash Bros oh, Melee yes. almost 40 million copies if I remember correctly um, question five which metal band I think so yeah 39 point something million
0: that many GameCube sold?
3: I think it was on every single one. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Nobody right.
3: bought a GameCube for, for anything else. Um, <laughs> apart from Donkey Konger. Question five. Which Metal Band mascot is a guest character in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 Roscoe?
0: Eddie
3: the Head. Eddie the Head is correct. Yes. Question six. Which now-defunct video game company's franchises included Mortal Kombat, Spy Hunter, and Rampage? Greg? acclaim uh midway
1: mid oh what did acclaim do yes i I thought acclaim did rampage oh shit balls
3: yeah that is midway okay uh question seven which classic atari game was the first racing game to feature a racetrack based on a real racing circuit and also the first to feature a qualifying lap pole? one's got
2: me a little bit, because there's, there's kind of two, right? There was like Sega's one, which was Monaco, uh, but I don't, can't see how that was combined with Atari. Now The other one, which uh, I think Atari had the license for, I'm not quite sure I developed it, but is it Pole Position? Which answer are you giving me? I'm giving Pole Position. <laughs> pole Position is correct.
1: Oh, that's yeah. a very elaborate way of saying you read two answers
2: online. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just say fucking Sega? Fucking Sega! Did I say that? You said Sega. You did say Sega. Yeah. No, I did say Sega. I'm playing Sega. Sega. That's not the, uh... Well, Sega done Monaco, right?
0: It's literally she... there at the start of every single game. I said Sega. They sung it once, and then they then they shouted it. Sega. I, I said Sega. Sega.
2: Say only one e.
0: Sega. 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 <laughs> Super <laughs> Nintendo,
1: Sega Genesis.
3: Wait, 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 wait. Have you gone through your entire life saying Sega?
2: Sega, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Despite the fact that every game starts with it <laughs> going Sega. Sega. <laughs> well, whatever. Do you know what, Paul? I'm going to give you like five bonus points for living your entire life not knowing how to say <laughs> Sega.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, but it's like, it's just the same way as you pronounce Porsche or Porsche or whatever it is, do you know what I
3: mean? Uh, no, I think, I think if somebody said to me, this is the way you, you pronounce Porsche, The second after you bought a Porsche, then I'd say Porsche or Porsche, whichever way they said. Like, if I buy a movie and it says this is called Die Hard, yeah, and and then the the movie starts and it goes Die Hard, then I'd start pronouncing it Die Hard, you know, instead of Die Hard.
0: That's weird, man. To be fair, that's how Hans Gruber said Hard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
3: question 8. Which Mega Drive game features a main character named Sketch Turner? Um, P- Roscoe.
0: Comic Zone. Comic
3: Zone is correct. Uh, question 9. The video game Assassin's Creed Unity is set primarily in what city during the French Revolution, Greg? Paris. Paris is correct, Yep. Yeah. And question 10. In which video game series would you encounter the alien races, the Krogan, the Geth, and the Asari, among others. Uh, Paul? Is it Mass Effect? Mass Effect is correct.
2: Do I pronounce that correctly as well?
0: It's Mass Effect.
3: Mass Effect. (laughs) So, yeah, those were the answers for this week's quiz. If you'd like to tot up your answers, I have a tiebreaker just in case. Um, Let's start with Roscoe? Eight. Eight. Very good. Greg? Also eight. Oh, no. Paul? Fifteen. Without without the bonus points, ten. You're kidding. I got ten. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you very much. So that pulls Paul back to still last position, (laughs) but well well done, sir. You know that's the second ten out of ten we've ever had. Who's who's saying I might pronounce
2: these things wrong, but I've done my shit. So
3: yes, who who hasn't got a clean sweep now? Anybody know? I. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, we're gonna have a,
0: a brass bias quiz next time. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still champion.
3: Let's not forget this. That's true. Yeah, still, still has the belt. through
0: All right, well done, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Paul got ten out of ten on our quiz. Why is that so shocking, man? The fuck? It's not. It's not. I'm only messing with you. All right then, <laughs> let's move on to out this week and out this week. I probably don't need to remind some of you, but Half Life Alex is out this week on PC on your Steam VR headsets. I watched the uh, gameplay of this today. Oh my goodness me, it looks incredible. If this ever comes to PSVR, I am going to pick up another headset because it looks amazing. Uh, to March 24th, Moons of Madness comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Look out for more on that on the website uh, this week. Uh, Bleeding Edge is coming to Xbox One and PC on the 24th. 24th also on PS4. Paper Beast out next week. Bloody hell. Yeah. Oof. Oh man, I've got too many games to play. Paper Beast, man. I've been looking forward to that for ages. Completely went over my head. It was out next week. Awesome. Uh, One Step from Eden is coming out on March 26th on PC and Switch. Um, I heard a lot of good stuff about that, so do keep an eye out for that if you have either of those systems. March 27th, we have Gigantosaurus the Game, as Sean said earlier. Look out for more on that on thinkingguns.net very, very soon. So, on Also on March 27th, Sin uh, Story 4 re-elected. Again, look out for more on that on thinkingguns very soon. Man, we've got loads of goes right now. It's awesome. Uh, Lost Worlds Beyond the Page is coming to Stadia on March 27th. Hooray! It gets itself a game for the first time in two weeks. Well done, Stadia. And that's your lot. It's not a bad week, actually, incoming. So, if you haven't got anything else to play, which is crazy, considering, right now, those are your games. That does bring an end to episode 50 of the Finger Guns podcast. Well done, everyone. Bravo, we made it 50 episodes. How you feel?
3: Fantastic. ecstatic.
0: Considering our last podcast made it 19, we've done all right here. Yeah.
3: this Is is this the longest you've gone without killing a podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: We'll I've just jinxed
3: it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody put a gun to its head. <laughs> it's over.
0: Oh, no. This pandemic will not kill the podcast because, well, we're all stuck in our houses anyway. So what else are we going to do other than talk about video games? If you have listened from day one, thank you very much indeed. It's very, very kind of you and um, we do enjoy doing it even though it sounds like we all hate each other we don't really kind of right silent <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love you guys I love you you're crazy I love you all man of course of course
0: oh Greg say something nice no okay
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's alright <laughs> which is Greg's response for everything all what right. did you think yeah. it's alright it
0: was alright yeah, it's fine it's okay. That means he loves us all. You're yeah, all right. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, beautiful. What a sentiment. Um, yeah. So, this is it. Thank you very much indeed for listening. If you do want to follow us, do find us on Twitter at FNGRGNS. All of our individual handles are in the description below. You can follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. Just wanted to say if you have donated to the Hero Up campaign that we did this week, Thank you very much. It's been very very nice. Uh, we raised a little bit of money for Hero Up, which has been great for Help for Heroes. So, I guess we'll see you next week. It is goodbye from Mr. Gray Cooks. Yeah, bye. Goodbye from Mr. Paul Cullet. See you. And goodbye from Sean Davies. Toodles. Until next time for episode 51. This has been The Finger Guns Podcast. <laughs>